0: Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Let's get into the word. Hopefully it won't take uh, too long, but I think this is going to be a really fruitful word today. Our word for the year is revival now. And to unpack the word revival now, we've, uh, you know, as the pastoral leadership team, we've broken it down into repent respond with prayer, worship, and giving, reformation, ruach, the move of the Spirit, the unexpected move and power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit, and then lastly, uh, reap salvations and reproduce discipleship. But I'm going to unpack today the third uh, around reformation. Let's go to the screens now. Thank you, Robin. I'm just going to test out the clicker. Thank you, Jesus. There it is. Gone too far ahead. All right. Reformation. Holy Spirit, help me preach a word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The root word for reformation in the Latin is reformari, reforma, which means to form again or to change. This is actually a, a key word for us to understand. How does revival come? How do we sustain revival? Well, revival starts in the heart with every single individual, amen? It's not just the, the building in revival, it's not a, a ministry in, re, in revival, it's people with their hearts set on fire for Jesus. And let's turn to the first scripture that says this, 2 Timothy 2, 19-20. Now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wool and clay, wood and clay, some for honourable use, some for dishonourable. therefore, If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful for the master of the house, ready for every good work. There is an invitation from God for us to live holy, to be consecrated, to be sanctified, and to help define what these things mean. Consecrated is to declare something or someone holy, sanctified means to set apart. And I heard this recently in the Hebrew language, the word holy is actually to cut. It's to cut. And the analogy given was it's like cutting an onion away from its peel and to cut, 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 and then you separate it away. To be holy is to be cut away, consecrated, sanctified. I'm just going to fly through the, uh, the first bits, and I'm, I really want to lay down the foundations for what I sense God wants to unpack today. It says this in Leviticus 20, verse seventy-eight: Consecrate yourselves. Everyone say, consecrate, consecrate. Which means to declare yourself holy. Yourselves, therefore, and be holy. For I am the Lord your God, and you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I am the Lord who sets you apart for a good work. Amen? Now... I sense that the Lord really wants us to be reformed, to be changed, to be made brand new through the lifestyle of holiness and to be set apart, to have the continual awareness that God does want to use us. But I'm also mindful of verses where it says that this seed of the gospel can sometimes be taken away by the enemy, can sometimes fall on rocky ground where there's no uh, depth of, of soil. And so when the sun comes up, it, it, it scorches us. We're, we're, we're those fickle Christians that it's too hard for me. Then there's the soil where the seed falls on thorny ground and the cares and the distractions of this world grow and, and choke the potential of the seed. And that's what I focus on a little bit this morning. How do you actually weed out those? cares of this world, the distractions that will choke the potential of your seed. And then Jesus said, then there are those who are like good soil, who produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. I'm going to take you to uh, an interesting verse right now, to Revelation 3.15. It says this, I know your works, speaking to the church in Laodicea, you are neither I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve or, or oil to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love I reprove and discipline so be zealous and repent. Remember I told in the word repent. In the Greek is metanoia, change of mind. Repent, change your mind. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. Amen. Um, There's an interesting context behind the church in Laodicea, which is in modern day Turkey right now. You see there's pictures of a dude bathing in the hot springs up the top. And then there's the cold waters from Colossae. you got to understand, in Laodicea, there was no natural uh, flow of waters. It was actually coming from uh, two Greek towns, Heropolis, which was about 10 kilometers north. And it provided hot spring waters. For modern day references, where most of us live in the peninsula or nearby, Who, who's been to the Mornington Peninsula? All right, so this is what the kind of waters was flowing from in Hierapolis. It had minerals such as zinc, magnesium, uh, potassium, and all those other things. And as uh, Jess and I went a couple of years ago, and at the end, it was, it was relaxing. It, it's, uh, it's glorious. In fact, there was a team that, that took some Street Peace girls yesterday on their new uh, church-donated bus, praise God uh, for the family that, that donated the bus, but took them to the hot springs yesterday. Kirsten, you, you were there. You had a lot of fun. And Gina... And my first experience with Hot Springs a few years ago, I made the rookie mistake of having a shower. And is like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm having a shower. She goes, no, no, leave it on. It's got healing properties. And so Jesus was talking to the church in Laodicea, talking about, let me also correct just a part of theology which many get wrong. People think you've got to be hot, which is you're a fire for God, or cold, thinking that You'd be away from the he'd rather you be backslidden than lukewarm. No, no, that's incorrect. When Jesus said, I want you to be hot, it's hot as a Christian who brings healing to others, whether it's supernatural signs, wonders, miracles, healings, or through being and, and bearing your, your fruits, the your fruits of the Spirit as a Christian to help heal someone's life to do, through discipleship and, and, and caring for them, or to be cold, but not cold hearted but to bring refreshing, like from the springs of Colossae, refreshing waters. He says, you are neither hot or cold, but you are lukewarm. There is uh, archaeological remains in Laodicea where these streams actually flowed together. Number one, you wouldn't go to Warrington Hot Springs and dip your your, your drinking bottle in there and drink it. But as these streams flowed together, it actually was lukewarm, so there was these cold drinking streams and these hot waters together in one area and it was lukewarm to the point that it's also nauseating. That's why Jesus said, I would speak you out. Or some translations say, I'll, I'll vomit you out because it is actually nauseating. And so Jesus now is speaking to this church who is known for their great wealth, who was known for the gold that they had. That's why he said to them, Buy gold from me that is tested in fire. That is refined by fire. Paul said it like this. Let your faith be tested in the fire. Buy gold from me. And, and buy white garments. Buy gold from me so that you may be rich. True riches. That it is, that it is our faith that is tested in fire. And white garments that you may clothe yourself. Laodicea was also known for their white glossy wool as part of their trade. Jesus said, buy garments that will cover up your spiritual nakedness, and oil that will fix your spiritual blindness. He is addressing the spiritual indifference in people's lives, and one of these issues that come as a distraction, as a, as a weed that chokes the potential of the word, is the cares of this world through riches. Now, does God have issue with riches? No. He has issues if riches have you. There was a rich young ruler that said to Jesus, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Jesus said, uh, don't sin, uh, you know, don't cheat a neighbor, be, be quick to forgive, all these kind of things, right? He, he lists off some of these uh, commandments. Honor your father and your mother. He said, I've done all these things. And Jesus knew the very thing that was this care that was choking the potential of the gospel being spread in this young man in the future. And he said, "Well, then, sell everything you have and give alms to the poor. Give everything that way that you have." So let's pick it up in this next verse. There it is. Mark ten twenty three to twenty seven says this. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples. How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches. Let's just clarify that for a minute. It's not the amount of money that one has in their bank account. It's the condition of the heart. For some, $1,000 in the account is beyond their trust level. For others, it's a hundred million. It's the condition of the heart for those who would trust in their riches over God. Verse 25, it is easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 26, and they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? you got to understand, they were actually even asking this of themselves. Can we even be saved? Like who? <laughs> this just sounds so impossible. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. All things are possible. You know, I talk about the the faith that is tested in the fire. There's a few scriptures, if that's okay, just to, to lay down the foundation well. It says this, In this you greatly rejoice, Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Your salvation isn't a question, but our works are. When I had this vivid image of the Lord as I was uh, praying for hours on end last week in Queensland, and, and, um, and, and just in my in my spirits, I, I just saw the end of my life and I'm standing before Jesus and he, He's just going through everything that I've done. You see, salvation is not a question. He's my Lord and Savior. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But there is going to be the testing of the fire of God. That our works, if it is made and established by God Himself, will be burned up and if it's, if it's with the right motives, if it is from God, it will survive the fire like gold, the Bible says in, in Corinthians. And if it is not, it will burn up like hay. Though you still being saved, I think it's 1 Corinthians 3 says that. And it put a holy fear of God in me. Knowing that as a teacher of the word of God, I've also got double the judgment and standard so if you, if you ever cover a role like this, where your, where your decisions count the cost, because it may look fun, but there's, there's a lot behind it, and there's a lot to be accountable for in the future as well. But a genuine faith that is tested by the fire. God is looking for a genuine faith in all of us. Imagine if I said to Jess, or, or proposed to Jess like this, Jess, I love you. Will you marry me? But little did she know that the diamond ring is actually glass. It's cubic zirconia. I picked up it for a bargain for 100 bucks. And then 10 years later, she wants to kind of get it clean. 10-year anniversary. And she has it, you know, just maybe refitted or anything like that. Um, maybe add an eternal ring. And the jeweler goes, hang on. Do you know there's something not right with your ring, with your stone? It's actually a fake, it's a counterfeit, it's not genuine. Diamonds are refined by pressure, gold is refined by fire, silver is produced through heat. Alicia I shared this with our interns last year. She did our devotions. How does a silversmith produce silver? Through heat and as the heat is applied, the dross is removed and you know it's ready when you can see your own reflection in it. God is refining you and you know you're ready for your next task, your next assignment when you can see the face of Jesus. In the middle of your trials, in the middle of your testing, I think of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who did not bow their knee to a false god. And they were thrown into the fire. But with the three, there was one other in the fire. And his name is Jesus. Amen. And they did not burn. They did not die. I think about Daniel, who worshipped his God openly. Though the edicts and rules said, you can't do that. Worship Nebuchadnezzar, no one else. And he was thrown in the lion's den. But he survived. God sent angels to look after him. His faith was tested in the fire. I think about David, who had every opportunity to kill the very man who made his life a living hell, Saul. He was on the run and in a cave, as Saul was put on a deep sleep by the Lord, the Bible says, and his security and his men. David and some two bloodthirsty brothers, with a javelin at Saul's head, say, Can we do it now, David? This man has made life a living hell. Let's just plunge it in the temple of his head and let's get this over and done with. But David feared the Lord. He passed the test. And he said, touch not the Lord's anointed. Could David have done all that he did if he went ahead prematurely, took matters into his own hands and killed God's servant? I don't think so. There's the testing of our faith. I thank God that um, we I sincerely believe we passed the test when we didn't turn anyone away during those crazy times of segregation and things like that. There's another test, friends. We give God all the glory. There is now a law that you can't, even with the consent and permission of someone struggling with their sexual identity, to pray for them to be delivered from their you know, just confusion from demons, I say, because we've actually had fruit like that. I can, I can preach whatever I want, still so I'll have exemption, God knows how long for, up here on the platform, so let me cancel you from up here. But if you pray for someone, counsel someone, even with their permission, you are liable for a $20,000 fine or 10 years in prison. It is the highest... Punishment in the world, the state of Victoria. So what are you going to do? If someone comes to you and says, look, I'm really struggling and I, I think, uh, you know, I've had all these plans, books, surgeries, are you going to recoil and pull back or are you going to speak the truth in love? I don't give a rip how much the fine is. Throw me in prison. Get me a mug shot. I'll chuck it in a mug. It'll be your Christmas present this year. If it means someone's eternity is at stake, then I will speak the truth and the truth in love. And we will have had someone in this church leave offended. I was on a Holy Ghost tangent of preaching on the Trinity. God, He made us in His image, in their image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and made us male and female. And address that issue, friends, there's only two genders. Someone got up offended agreed to disagree in the car park. Two weeks later, they hear here. They get delivered from these demonic forces that would breathe heavily into their ear for the last five years. And allowed, it got the loudest when she penned a letter to her parents five years ago to transition to become a man. It breathing like... <sighs> the supernatural is real, friends. The Bible says, even devils believe in God and they shudder in fear. And so we get this thing out of her, she receives Jesus. She now no longer turns the Bible over in the kitchen table. She leaves alone her mum's Christian radio station in the car. She stopped transitioning. She goes by her, her birth name. She's not a church yet, but that, that seed is starting to grow. Our job is to plant and water that seed. God's job is to cause the growth. So I have partaken in a legal activity recently. To the glory of God, amen. (laughs) Tested in the fire, genuine faith. I'll happily continue to do so. Let that go on record. I just know too many people and read too many studies of people thinking it's the silver bullet. It's going to fix all my mental issues if I transition to the other gender. I read of, of, a, of a veteran that started as a man, went to a woman, it, it didn't fix the issues, went back to a man, it didn't fix all the issues, went back to a woman, didn't fix all the issues. Five times over. It's not the solution. Jesus is the solution. Let's pick it up here. Mark 10, 28 to 30. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's. Who shall not receive a hundredfold? Everyone say a hundredfold? Now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. This is following after a rich young ruler was doing everything correctly, but wealth had his heart. Jesus doesn't have an issue with wealth. He only has an issue if wealth has you. And in fact, he promises if you do, the works of the Father for the sake of him and his gospel, not only will you receive a blessing, it will be a hundredfold blessing in this life to come and the one, in the the life to come and in this life here. But get this, with persecutions. That's something you don't see in people's living rooms. Hundredfold return with persecutions. You don't see that. on on someone's fridge magnet or the back of a car bumper sticker with persecutions. you got to understand, persecutions must come. It strengthens our faith if we allow God to to use persecutions to strengthen our faith. I thank God we walk through that season. It, It has built in this resilience and this fire in me to say, hell or high water, I don't care. What these fear laws, some lawyers actually said, none of these laws will actually stand up in court. In fact, we had, uh, as part of the ACC, a human rights lawyer train us in these laws, just simply, line by line. What is the law, so to speak? What are the consequences? And he's had three landmark cases around Australia, not Victoria yet, similar circumstances on this issue, and all three have won a Presbyterian human rights lawyer, and he said, I thank God for him for saying this. What I've learned in all three cases is if you stand for God and His Word, He will stand for you. There was a teacher who was frog-marched out of his maths classroom for refusing to call his students by their chosen pronouns, you know, them, they, whatever you want to, one day this, one day another. It's just confusion, and his heart breaks for them. He refused to call them by their pronouns. He was frog-marched out of the classroom by the students. The school fires him unjustly, takes him to court. And the lawyer said, get this, though. Before any punches in the land in court, there will be a media storm. Just stay close to Jesus right out the storm. This man had the rest of his mortgage paid out for the rest of that year for unfair dismissal. He lands a teaching job at a Christian school, and life is amazing. A hundredfold return with persecution. God, will love the persecution. God, will love the persecution. But David said it like this. You know, David loved God, not for the mansions, although they were good, not for the servants, although they were helpful, not for the chariots and his army, vast array of army men, Although they were handy, but he loved the Lord because in Psalm 34, he says this, This poor man cried out, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. He then later says in Psalm 34, Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not the mansions or the wealth that made David want to serve God. It's because the Lord heard him. And he said, this poor man cried out. It's significant because Jesus said, Matthew 5, blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Is he talking about someone who is without money? No, he's talking about those who recognize their spiritual bankruptcy, their spiritual poorness, that we are righteous in our own strength on our best days, that we need God Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It is that kind of heart that God will entrust his resources. In fact, David goes on to say Psalm 119 verse 17, Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Deal bountifully with your servant. We need God's resources to accomplish all that He wants us to do. We need a bigger building. That's not for free. I wish it was for free, but that's going to cost a lot of money. But God will deal with us bountifully if He can entrust us with the right heart. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In the book of Luke, it says, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness. And all of these things shall be added. What shall we eat? Where? Where we'll live? All these things, right? But do you know, it immediately follows with this. For it is the Father's good pleasure to give to his children the kingdom of heaven. It is actually God's good pleasure to bless you with the kingdom. It is God's good pleasure to bless you with wealth and prosperity. For you to have prosperity with a purpose. For you to be a blessing to others. Blessed to be a blessing. But he won't give you a promise. He won't give you a blessing if he knows it's going to be your undoing. And I thank God that he continues to work in this area of our lives. 2020 was an interesting year in so many ways. And the Lord said, will you take me on my word? As Genesis 26 said, Isaac sowed in the land of famine and he reaped a hundredfold. God said, continue to give your tithes and your offerings. We give over and above 10%. But he said, on top of that, be led by me and give gifts of 100, 200, 250, 300 sometimes to random people. And as we did that, week in and week out, it was a sacrifice. By June there was this couple that um, I married and they were my practice couple. They know that. We, I gave everyone premarital counselling. I so, said, hey, just letting let, you know, I'm on my pee plates with you guys. <laughs> and I never asked anyone for um, a payment when I marry them unless they're from the outside, and that's fair enough for my time. But in-house, free, all good. And then come June, so February, you married them right before the pandemic. June hits... And they ring out of the blue and say, hey, we've just been in prayer. They moved up regional Victoria, three hours away. And said, so we felt from the heart of God to bless you and thank you for your time in giving us pre-marriage counseling and marrying us as well. Uh, to cut a long story short, I'm putting some money into the, the ATM for, you know, rent to come out and things like that. And then it spits out this little receipt. And I thought, oh, no, there's some money missing. I look down and I go, oh, it's gone into... Um, Some extra figures I didn't realize. There's an extra zero there. I won't say the amount. I rang back and said, Hey, I think you got it wrong. Did you make a mistake? I said, No, no. God said to bless you because He sees all that you've been doing in your giving. And I haven't shared that publicly, I don't think, for the last three years. But again, it flowed. Like we we enjoyed the blessing, but then God said, Now, I want you to help out these people, these people, these people, these people. It's true riches. Tested by the fire of God. When we die and go to heaven, stand before God. We're not going to take our our ATM cards. Your, Your little tap and go won't work there. There's no world banking system in heaven. It's God's system. It's God's riches. And he just wants you to enjoy your life here on earth and the one to come with true riches. Amen. But with persecutions. Let the persecutions come. I might have some uh, mug faces with you all. We'll start a collection of these (laughs) mug shots on mugs. My Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that you are good and you refine us. And like Job said, he has tested me in the fire and I came out like gold. Let your fires refine us, Jesus. Let your fires refine us. Let's just stand up right now and every hand to heaven. Let's just cry out to God right now. Jesus, we, we pray for your fire. We pray for your fire that will refine us, God. We pray for the resilience and the steadfast spirit to weather persecutions, to weather trials and tribulations, Father God. For we know short and momentary are these afflictions but what waits for us in heaven far outweighs these things. Far outweighs all these little name callings and, and tests and trials of God. There is something weightier waiting for us in heaven. And I thank you, Jesus, as you promise promised in your word that if we lay down our lives for you and give everything to you, and it, it is specific, it's not literally everything for some, it is specific as we lay down our lives for You and are obedient to Your call, that You would return to us a hundredfold in the life to come and a hundredfold in this life with persecutions. Thank You, Jesus, that You are a good God, that You know exactly what we need, that You chasten and correct those that You love. So I thank You, Jesus, that we are aware of our spiritual bankruptcy, that we can't do this Life without you God that we can't put our own trust in our own riches no matter how big or small they are the Bible says give me neither poverty or riches it doesn't talk about an amount but riches that will make me fall and forget about you God or poverty don't give me riches that make me forget about you or poverty that makes me still and dishonor your name so I thank you, Jesus, that you work in our hearts and we go from strength to strength and glory to glory that the strength that we have for this season is building a strength for the next season, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your word, that yes, it is your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It is your good pleasure to see your children prosper. It's not a prosperity message, but the kingdom of heaven prospers. And I thank you, Jesus, that it is for your gospel and it is for your cause, Lord, with the end goal for souls and discipleship and we can enjoy the true riches in heaven. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Right now, we just weed out everything that is choking the potential of the gospel to reproduce a 30, 60, 100-fold return in people's lives. Right now, we humbly submit ourselves once again. When we say, Jesus, we give you full control, take over our lives, have your way. It is you that gives us the ability to gain wealth anyway, God. I thank you, Jesus. I just see God is gonna open up just storehouses in heaven, just an abundance from the treasuries of heaven like you've never experienced before. It is because God is saying I can now trust you son I can now trust you daughter that this wealth won't consume you this wealth won't be your your undoing but in fact this wealth will continue to produce 30, 60, 100 fold prosperity with a purpose and it's no longer a distraction in Jesus name Father thank you Lord that we no longer put our trust in riches we'll put our trust in you I thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. God, I pray that we would be the church that You so desire, that we would bring healing to people's lives, that we would bring spiritual refreshment in people's lives, that we speak to every lukewarm part of our hearts, God, every lukewarm area we say no to anymore. We will repent from it. We change our mind. Every hidden thing, God, that doesn't give You glory, that doesn't please You, we repent we say sorry. And God, let us be like the streams of Heropolis and the streams of Colossae that bring healing and refreshment in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. While we're standing, we eye closed and head bowed. We never want to close a meeting without giving anyone the opportunity to get right with God. The Bible says, For all have sinned fallen short of the glory of God with all sin friends and when we die we're going to stand before God in judgment it's either heaven or hell the Bible says it's not his will that any should perish for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life if you need to get right with God without anyone looking around right now can I just get you quickly slip up your hand and let me know I'd love to pray with you or perhaps you've walked away and you need to come back home to God. Can I get you quickly raise your hand right now? Is there anyone else in this room? Yeah, thank you, sir. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. We've got two gentlemen here in the room. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Can I ask you to do something brave and courageous, friends? And just turn to your neighbor and just ask if you need to get right with God and Can I take you down to the front? Because we're just going to pray with you right now. Let's just turn to our neighbor and just ask. Thank you, Lord. It's a bold step to say no more to my life of sin and to get right with Jesus. Is there anyone else? This is the humbling step, I know, but God really honours the humble. He resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. If you raise your hand, can I gently invite you to come to the front? Your amongst family and friends. Let's give it up for the sister. Jesus called out the ones who realise Zacchaeus off the tree, come here. He sees you today. He's calling you. I did this so many times as a brand new Christian as well. When I need to get right with God and come home. If you raise your hand, can I kindly ask you to come meet us here in the front. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just pray this prayer as well. And as we pray, feel free to uh, meet us here. Let's just repeat this after me. Jesus, thank you for coming down to earth, for living a sin-free life. So that I may be right with you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice, for your body given and for your blood shed. Jesus, I ask for your forgiveness. I turn from my life of sin. And I turn to you. Wash me clean, enter my heart, be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. The Bible says when even one sinner gets right or comes home to God, heaven rejoices. And so if you did pray that prayer, please let us know. We'd love to stay in touch with you. We have an amazing discipleship program because you're not called to do this on your own. Uh, But let's just pray right now. Father, we thank you, Lord, for everyone that's prayed this prayer from the bottom of their hearts. God, we pray that you would seal this. Let the enemy not take it away from them. God, we pray it falls on good soil and let it continue to be good soil through fellowship, through teaching, through their time in the word and devotion to you, God. Let this good soil produce 30, 60, and 100 fold in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au and don't forget to connect with us on social media. On Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, fire.church, and YouTube, firechurch.tv. Have a blessed week.